We shall now turn to the chapter which we read together, John chapter 10, and we could read again at verse 27. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. So here we have God's people described as sheep. And we have sung several psalms which refer to God's people as a flock of sheep. The best known psalm, of course, is Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. What a lovely psalm it is, and the children know it off by heart. We often sing it on all sorts of different occasions. And we can all picture the shepherd looking after the flock of sheep. The good shepherd who cares for them. The one who carries the lambs in his bosom and gently leads those that are with young. He provides for all their need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. I shall have no needs because I have such a wonderful shepherd. He leads me by the still waters. Where the water is peaceful, where I can drink, causing me to lie down in the green pastures, where there's rich pasture, where there's plenty of food, where everything is prosperous. The good shepherd caring for me. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The shepherd is there with us, no matter how dark the valley that we have to go through. He prepares us a table in the presence of our enemies. He causes our cup to run over. Goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we have there the good shepherd. Now, the fullest exposition, of course, and of the Good Shepherd is to be found in this chapter, John chapter 10. It sets before us so clearly Jesus as our shepherd. And if Jesus is our shepherd, we will have no danger. But can you say today, can you say in truth, the Lord is my shepherd? Is he yours? Can you claim him? And if you can't, well, it's time you did claim him as your shepherd. Come to him. Call upon him. Ask him to be your shepherd. And remember, he says, him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. The good shepherd says, whosoever shall call Upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
So he offers himself to you as a shepherd. Make sure that Jesus is your shepherd. Well, first tonight, who are Christ's sheep? We have it here in verse 26. We're told concerning the Jews, but ye believe not because ye are not my sheep, as I said unto you. Some people are not his sheep. Lots of people sing the Lord's my shepherd and they think that it refers to them, but it doesn't. They always remember a blind, a deaf woman rather in her congregation in Knightswood. Lovely Christian woman. And she told us one day her testimony and how she had been playing cards in a house with a certain other folk as a young person. And this man came in and spoke to them and spoke to them about Psalm 23 and challenged her and said, you have no right to say the Lord is my shepherd. And that is what stirred her up to seek the Lord. She was a lovely Christian lady. She certainly found the shepherd. But the Jews, they didn't recognize Jesus. They didn't listen to his his voice. They didn't believe in him because they were not his sheep. You need faith in Christ. You need to trust in him, to believe what he says, and put your confidence in him. Otherwise, he's not your shepherd. Look at verse 9 of this chapter. Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. There's one door to the sheepfold, and Jesus is the door. He's the only way in. Some people say, there's other ways to God. There's other ways to heaven. There's maybe a Hindu way or a a Muslim way. There's maybe a Jehovah Witnesses way or a Mormon way. But no, there's only one way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's only one door to the sheepfold. Yes, some people, they climb over the wall and they think they can get in that way. But if we don't come through Christ, we won't get in amongst the sheep and we won't be saved. The only way is through the door. Through faith in Christ, who is the door, come to him and he will receive you. Verse 3, we're told, The sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before him, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Jesus calls his sheep. Who are the sheep? Those who know the voice of Christ. Those who listen to him. Those who receive direction from him. Those who follow the shepherd. The sheep hear his voice. And they know his voice. And they heed his call. You see, he calls us out from the world. 
Come ye out from among them and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing, he says. He said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will be thy God and thou shalt be mine. And I will be a God to your to you and to your children after you. And I will bless you and bless him who blesses you and curse him who curses you. God's covenant with Abraham. But it all starts with this, doesn't it? Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. Come out from amongst the world. Come and follow me. Come and take me as your shepherd. And then you will be one of my sheep. The sheep follow him. They know his voice and they distinguish his voice from the voice of others. Remember Matthew the publican. There he was in his little office by the wayside. And along comes Jesus and says, follow me. And what did Matthew do? He got up, left all and followed Jesus. Well, that's the way it's got to be with us. Jesus is calling you tonight, follow me, leave all and follow him. And so it says here in verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They hear my voice. Do you hear his voice? Do you distinguish it from all the voices that are shouting to you in the world? There's all sorts of voices around, voices of hirelings, of false shepherds and false prophets and false teachers calling for your attention, calling you to follow them. But do you distinguish the voice of Christ and do you follow him? I remember once being on a journey, to, on a, a trip to Israel. And been in the Kidron Valley just outside Jerusalem and seen a shepherd there. And as he walked along the valley, he had about 20 sheep walking after him. They were following him. The other day I was visiting my niece in the Black Isle and she's got some sheep. And she's got a young dog and I was asking her, was she going to train the dog to be a sheepdog? And she was wondering, maybe she would, but she said, I don't need a dog. I just go out with a bucket of food and the the sheep all come running to me. It's no problem. Where I grew up in the island of Lewis, the sheep would be out on the the moors and the shepherds all had dogs. And they, they would be behind the sheep, driving them wherever they were wanting to send them, to take them. But the good shepherd. He's there, as it were, with his bucket. He's got the food, and the sheep come running to him, and the sheep follow him. The sheep know the shepherd, and they follow him. So there's a relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. Do you have that relationship with Christ? Do you love him? Do you know him? Do you distinguish him from others? Do you trust and obey him? So then, who are Christ's sheep? Those who go in through the door, which is Jesus. Those who hear his voice. 
and those who follow him. But secondly, why is he called the Good Shepherd? Well, first he's called the Good Shepherd because he's appointed by God. And we see that in verse 2. <clears throat> but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, and to him the porter openeth. You see, there were others, and they came climbing over the wall. That's the thieves and the robbers, but they came to plunder the sheep, to abuse the sheep. Yes, there are plenty like that who will abuse the sheep, but Christ enters in by the door. By the appointment of his father, he is made the good shepherd. And we have it in verse 29 too. My father which gave them me. My father which gave them me. The father gives the sheep. And that's so important. The sheep are the elect of God. God has a plan. And in God's plan from all eternity, he planned to create a world. He planned to create men and women. And he planned that these men and women would fall, would rebel against him, would sin and come under his wrath and curse. But he also planned to elect some. He could have elected all if he wished. He could have elected none if he wished. didn't elect any of the fallen angels. But he elected some. And those whom he elected, he gave to Christ. He gave to his son in the covenant of redemption. And the son promised to be their savior, promised to come into this world, to become a man, to suffer for them, to be obedient all his life, to suffer for them on the cross, to save their souls. That was what he promised to do. To do thy will I take delight. O thou my God that art. He promised to be the good shepherd for them. My father which gave them me. So the sheep are given to Christ. And then in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. Why? The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. What an amazing shepherd this is who lays down his life for the sheep. And what a contrast that is with the hirelings. When the hireling sees the wolf coming, the hireling runs away. All he's concerned about is his own interests. <coughs> he's happy to look after the sheep if he gets paid for it. But then, when the wolf comes, he looks after number one, runs away. But our Lord Jesus Christ, what happened when the wolf came? What happened when the roaring lion came? He stood his ground, didn't he? He didn't run away. What happened when the sword of God's divine justice came? He stood there and he took the sword rather than that sword should pierce his sheep. Awake, awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. And I will turn my hand upon the little ones. 
the good shepherd, smitten by the sword of divine justice, so that the little ones will be saved. The good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And then verse 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. I love my sheep. I know them. And not just know them in an intellectual way. I know them intimately, specially, lovingly. I know my sheep and I'm known of mine. My sheep love me too. There's this mutual relationship between them. Knowing and loving. There's a relationship. And it's so important to remember that. Many people think that Christianity is just a matter of certain beliefs. Or being good or going to church, or being baptized and taking communion, being a member of the church. But essentially, Christianity is a relationship. It's not doing. It's not even merely believing. It's loving. Loving. Loving Christ. And loving him because he first loved us. You cannot be one of his sheep without loving him. Remember Peter. Peter had sinned terribly. He denied his Lord three times. And then after his resurrection, you remember how Jesus came to Peter and said, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? Simon said, Lord, yea, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And then the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Simon was grieved and he said, Thou knowest all things, Lord. Thou knowest that I love thee. Well, there's the shepherd and the sheep. Lovest thou me? Do you love Jesus? Do you love the shepherd? You cannot be one of his sheep unless you love him. He's the good shepherd because he doesn't just look after his sheep. He loves them. And not only does he love them, but he laid down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd loves them and lays down his life for them. And he's the good shepherd too because he knows how to look after sheep. He knows how to care for them and he does. He leads them. He feeds them. He protects them. He heals them. He restores them. He finds the lost sheep and brings it back on his shoulders, rejoicing over it. The good shepherd protects the sheep. And that's what particularly we have emphasized in the verses that I read there tonight. 
Christ protects his sheep. So that's our third point tonight. Christ's sheep shall never perish. Whoever perishes, his sheep shall never perish. We see that so clearly here. Jesus says, I give unto them eternal life, verse 28, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. What wonderful truths we have there. You know, the Roman Catholic Church teaches that you can fall away. You can be a Christian today and you can die and go to hell. Arminians, modern evangelism, it teaches you can be saved today and lost tomorrow. But the Bible teaches Calvinism. It teaches the perseverance of the saints. Once saved, always saved. God's people persevere because God's people are preserved. The sheep are kept so that they will never perish. You know, if you and I could fall away, we certainly would, and there'd be no hope for us. We've got such a tendency to go astray. It's so easy for us to sin. Satan comes along and tempts us. And time and again we fall. And if we were left, Satan would carry us off with himself to hell. But thank God, we've got the good shepherd who keeps his sheep and they shall never perish. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Going astray. Going astray again and again and again. But he brings us back. He restores us. He heals our backsliding. He goes after the lost sheep. I like a lost sheep went astray. Thy servant seek and find and he does seek and he does find us he does look after us we're always running away from him we're always listening to these doubts and fears and temptations these distractions of satan these lusts of the flesh these enticements of the world around us. But look here at verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. And they go on hearing his voice. The good shepherd, he calls to the sheep and they hear him. Wherever they are, they hear him because he's given them special ears. At one time they were deaf, completely deaf deaf as a stone but he opened our ears and he opened our eyes and he opened our hearts so my sheep hear my voice and they follow me 
How wonderful that is. They follow me. God's irresistible grace at work in our lives. We need that. The power of God working in us. Otherwise, we would stay away from him. We would forever be prodigals and never come back to the Father's house. But his grace finds us and brings us back. I know them and they follow me. He loves his sheep and they hear his voice and they follow him. And I give unto them eternal life. He doesn't give to us temporary life. But eternal life, it's not a temporary kind of salvation. It's an eternal salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If we confess our sins, he is able and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. Not just some sins forgiven. Not just some backsliding forgiven, but all sin. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what is justification? An act of God's grace wherein he pardons all our sins. Past sins, present sins, and even future sins are all forgiven in a moment. The moment that we believe in Jesus, they're all forgiven. All pardoned. All our future unbelief is pardoned. All our future wondering. Shall we then continue in sin that grace may abound? Away with such a wicked thought. To have such a wicked thought just shows that you've never been converted. The Christian being born again loves Jesus. Wants to be close to him. Wants to follow him. Wants to be renewed in his image. Wants to be holy as he is holy. So then, we as God's children, we as his sheep, he gives unto us eternal life. He pardons all our sins. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. And so I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. They shall never perish. You cannot perish. Unbelief says, I'm going to perish. Satan says, you're going to perish. Maybe people are saying to you, you're finished. But no. Where he begins the good work, he will bring it on until the day of Christ Jesus. He'll perform it and perfect it. That's his promise. Philippians 1 verse 6, where he begins, he'll conclude. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us? Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can. 
Neither life, whatever's in life, nor death, whatever's in death, not your sins, not Satan, not even yourself can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I give unto them eternal life. When you believe in Jesus, you get eternal life. The moment you believe in him, the moment you go through that door into the sheepfold, eternal life is yours. And they shall never perish. Many will perish. The road that leads to hell is a wide road. And many go through the gate to a lost eternity. But none who follow the good shepherd, none who trust in him, none who go through the door, none who love Jesus will perish. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Who can pluck out of Christ's hand? And then he adds, My Father which gave them me an eternity, an election, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. The Father. The Father who elected you from all eternity. How do you know you're in the elect? Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Have you obeyed the call? That's how you know you're in the elect. Have you believed in Jesus? Have you repented and put your trust in him? Have you been converted? And being converted, you know you're in the elect. And knowing you're in the elect, you have great encouragement to keep on going, to run the race, to fight the fight, to press on into the kingdom, because he himself says, no man shall pluck them out of my hand. Indeed, no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand, out of the hand of Almighty God, who elected you from all eternity and sent his Son to die for you on the cross and sent his Holy Spirit into your heart in the new birth. So you're united to Christ. in regeneration, in the effectual calling, in faith, in justification, adoption, sanctification, perseverance and glorification, in everything, united to Christ. And through our union with Christ, we shall never perish. And so, friends, there's great encouragement for us here. We live in a difficult world, a world full of troubles and trials and problems and difficulties, temptations on every side. We ourselves are conscious of our own weakness. Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but he won't devour you. He might bite you. He might wound you but he won't devour you. My Father that gave them me is greater than all, and no man shall pluck them out of my Father's hand. So take courage. Make sure you have the Good Shepherd. 
Make sure you go in through the door into the sheepfold and rejoice that you're eternally safe because the good shepherd loses none of his sheep. Let's pray. O Lord our God, we thank thee for this wonderful doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. Help us, Lord, to keep on going. Help us to keep looking to Christ, to keep listening to his voice and following him, to keep trusting in him. Do thou bless us then, each one. Bless thy word to our souls and help us to rejoice in our God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Our closing praise is Psalm 23. Psalm 23. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me down to lie in pastures green. He leadeth me the quiet waters by. My soul he doth restore again, and me to walk doth make within the paths of righteousness, even for his own name's sake. Psalm 23 to God's praise. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me down to lie in pastures green.
intimations are as follows. The services next Sabbath at the usual time, 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., and the preacher expected is Reverend John Morrison. The prayer meeting on Thursday evening at 7.30, and uh, it's expected to be taken by Mr. Harley Cameron. And the funeral for Mrs. Barbara Shuttleworth will take place on Friday 24th at 7:30 at 12:30 p.m. 12:30 in Bewley Church taken by the Reverend Harry Woods thereafter the interment at Kirkhill Cemetery her husband Ralph is in now in Bellafiri care home a public meeting will be held in Partick Free Church continuing <coughs> on Saturday, this coming Saturday at 2 p.m. to mark the ministerial jubilees of Reverend Donald N. MacLeod and Reverend William B. Scott. They are both this year 50 years in the ministry. Uh, the moderator of the Southern Presbytery, myself, will preach and preside and uh, tea will be served thereafter and all are most welcome to attend. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.